It's 8 o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Got something you want to complain about today? Send it to us. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. See where uh, Steve Phillips, Coach Steve, with a uh, text this morning. And uh, for Steve, he's a little bit uh, frosted today that uh, Central has five kids playing boys basketball that are uh, from five players that he and Jay Ganyu coached. That means I'm approaching Squibb's age. Oh, oh. Shots fired by, by Steve at Denny Squibb. I'm an old man. <laughs> and one of those is John Sedanich, mm-hmm. who is son Avery. He's a senior. 6'7", big guy. That's what I think I saw on the uh, roster that he was. I don't think I saw him. He may not be 6'7". I know there's they, have a, a, they have a 6'7 kid. I think they I think got Avery's, the wrong. Yeah, I think Avery, because I'm thinking Avery's on the roster. He's yeah. listed as 6'7". I don't think he's 6'7". He's, he's a little smaller than that. <laughs> I say, no offense. Where, no, where did that come from, John? But yeah, well, if you go six, to the Max Reps roster, I'm going, I don't remember him being that tall. But maybe my memories. If you go to the Max Preps roster, they have him listed as 6'7". Avery's yeah, taking I it. I don't. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think he is. But he's, no, he's not. He's, he's not. not. But maybe he was standing on a step stool or something when they maybe. when they did it. That's uh, he's six feet ish. Somewhere ish. around there. He's uh, so. he's he's north of six feet tall. Yeah. We'll put it that way. No, I thought it was funny. Cause I'm looking. Let's look into the roster. Seeing you know some of the players that he's mm-hmm. talking about. I'm like, Wait, six, really? Is he six seven? I don't remember him being that tall, but and I, I think the one they sent me for now this the is Max Warriors Preps. Yeah, I, just, yeah, yeah. I just quickly Googled Maps Max Preps. Max uh, Preps. So the one Central sent us for the Warriors. Oh, how challenge. tall is Avery actually? You want to guess? I'll I'll say six foot even. He is five nine according okay. to this roster. So they, Max Preps, they really gave yeah. him a, because uh, I'm, a, like you were saying, like, I don't remember him being that tall. The tallest player that Central has right now is Kane Thornton. That's and on Kane, their active and, roster and Kane's for the like Warrior. And Kane's like 6'5", counting the hair. Yeah, could be 6'5", with the hair. Hair combed down, 6'3", puffed but up if, like it was, 6'6". But if I'm Abraham, we're going to say, man, I'm 6'7". Well, I'm 6'7". Because Max yeah. Preps said I am. I'm yeah, six seven. That's submitted by the coaching staff. So, you know, dad or one of the assistants. So, like, yeah, hey. I can't imagine we'll John would seven. embellish Avery's height to that degree. That's a that's I cannot inches. imagine that. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, you can you can roster up a guy a little bit, but that's that's quite add a, a, you know, add an inch or two, maybe quite a gap there and there. You know, yeah. football, you know, ten, fifteen pounds maybe. But uh now, not quite going mm-hmm. from what five nine you said, yeah, to six seven. I was just because I was going to say like six seven. Oh, yeah, that doesn't. And and Steve, we're we're all getting older. Does not Trust compute me. with. Yeah, we all are. But this way, Steve was coaching at Central when I played. That's Ooh. yes. Wow, I'm senior citizens, although slow sure to, and dangerous behind the wheel, I'm not taking that well. Still by the serve way. a purpose. Your, your reaction, I'm not taking wow. it well at all. Yeah. And he texts. Yeah. No, just kidding. That's <laughs> that's mean. Sorry, Steve. Wow. 
You're smacking Coach Phillips around like a pinata today. I mean, Steve's going after Denny Squibb's age, and now you're the one that dated him. That said, that well, he I, was coaching when you were playing, which which is factual. Which coaching as a five year old apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like nine. I was nine years old when he was coaching. The savant. Uh, that's not the case at all. No, yeah, yeah, I was. I was a prodigy. I was yeah, played varsity basketball mm-hmm. in high school when I was nine years old. No, no, definitely not. Oh, uh, let's see. We had to throw this one in the microwave from Scott yesterday. Good morning, fellas. Huge congrats to Andy Lowry and his 30-plus years at Columbine. 300 wins and another state championship at the highest levels. Nothing short of impressive. His resilience and long-time dedication is given to that program is incredible. Uh, when we had Junction in 5A, mm-hmm. Uh, and and occasion Fruta as well, which Fruta's going back up to that this next season. Had a chance to interview Andy Lowry a couple of times. Always gracious, always a a, a real gentleman class guy. So uh, congratulations to him on winning a state championship. Got one from Jim this morning on wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. My wine about a my wine about a Wednesday is this: people filling up their cars, walking away while the gasoline is pumping to go into the store to buy something. Even worse, people that light up right next to the fuel pump by their car, standing in fumes, lighting up. Come on, people, use your head. Any of this is if it's spelled wrong, my apologies. It's talk to text. Actually, it looked like most of us okay. It's fine. Yeah, look pretty solid. Good there. job, Jim. Good job. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. What I hate is they go inside. And it takes them for uh, takes them longer, and they're done. Yeah, and you're standing there going, "You're done, you're done. Why are you still? In, why why didn't you go over there and park and go inside?" See, for me, it's not so much that I I I do that enough to where I try not to let it bother me when other people do it. It's when you're sitting in your car. Click. All right, let's go, Johnny. Oh, when they're, when, when they're done and they're just sitting there? Let's go. Other people need gas here. Come on. Do your math somewhere else. Your car's recent enough. It should tell you what your uh, economy is. Let's go here. And they're just sitting there. If they're in the store, at least they're maybe doing something productive for themselves or other people. Who knows? They may be buying a firefighter a sandwich. Who knows? But if they're in their car, they're not doing anything more productive than leaving. I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. Don't agree with you on the first one. Okay, go go buy the sandwich then, whatever thing after you're done pumping your yeah, gas. Feed there, the firefighters after I get there, my gas. There's a there's a well yeah go go park yes go go buy them sandwiches after you're done. That's why they have parking spots. That's not and a parking spot is not the gas pump. Go go inside. I get it. You're trying to be Johnny multitask. Yeah. If you go in and get it, if you go in and get it done mm-hmm. before the pump is done, awesome. I don't care. Yeah. But if I got to sit there while you're because there's a line in there mm-hmm. and you saw the line and you knew there was no freaking way you're going to get back to the pump by the time it was done, I got a problem with that. Then fill up your car, go inside when you're done after you parked in the spot, and there we go. And do whatever good thing you're going to do. It's mm-hmm. buying a sandwich for a firefighter or law enforcement or or whatever. I don't care. But do it then. Don't do it while, and particularly when, if there's not a pump available, I, I don't care. If there's a pump available, fine. I'll just move over to the next pump. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I would have 
probably if somebody pulls out, I'll go do that. I'm not going to give it a lot of thought. But if it's busier than all get out and you're and you go inside and you realize there's no way you're going to get back out there until I'm going to have to sit there for five minutes, then I got a problem with and that. I, to be to be perfectly honest and full disclosure, I have no idea where you guys are getting your gas to where there is such a line because people are inside. It's never happened to me once where I am sitting there waiting because someone's inside getting a drink. I wear, like, the only place I know where there's that long a line to get gas doesn't have a store, and that's Sam's Club. Right. Everywhere else I go to get gas is... Right, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a place, though, like, like at City Market or a convenience store where I'm pumping, somebody's pumping, they walk in, or, or they just go in and they start shooting the breeze with somebody. Right, and I'm like I'm saying, I've never, not ever have, has that happened to me in my memory to where it is, I'm just sitting there with absolutely no option because someone is inside talk. I've never had that. I've, like, I've I don't had know that where happen. you guys are getting gas. I've had that happen a couple a times. If it's a four-pump place. Yeah, I've had that happen before where there's where it's, it's busy. Go somewhere that is ta- they, able to take more customers maybe. Or how about you realize you're not going to get in and get it done. Get your gas and just move along. I've had it happen a couple of times where somebody's gone inside I've, and you're, I've never, and you're I've, sitting there and you're going... Why are you going inside? Mm-hmm. Fill up your car, pull up and park, and go in and get what you need to get. Maybe they know it's you. They're just doing <laughs> it on purpose. Yeah. It's not like it's happened a thousand times. It's probably mm-hmm. happened two or three times. But it's, I, I just, to me, it's, uh, that. you're right, though. It's been, it's more the, the one you talk about. Mm-hmm. The others happen to me, but yeah. the others happen to me more where, get back in the car, sit there. That's happened what, to me. What are you doing? Like, let's go here. Pitter-patter, let's you get at it. You are in the car and it's running. Now it can move away from the pump. All right. Let's see. Um, Kenny, this is part of the whole problem of officiating from youth to pros. No new blood. I think it's the biggest risk to sport going forward. But if I'm going to be an official and I take one look at the internet, I'm not going to do it anymore. No. I don't need to put up with that. And that's the battle that the Chassa has fought. Knowing that I'm not perfect and it's going to be very hard for me, one of five guys on a field of 22 high schoolers running around, that there's a good chance I'm going to be out of position. And then all of a sudden, you know, we all need to park together so we can walk to our cars together because We're I'm not going to yeah. trust athletes' parents alone in a parking lot. How I many, wouldn't want to do it either for how 50 many, or 100 bucks. I mean, how many stories have we talked about over the years? Youth hockey, youth football, baseball. What, well, the the situation Akeem with the, Akeem, Akeem, brother I was killed right, somebody. Akeem Tlaib's brother, yep. a coach, killed a guy. Over youth football. Not high school football. And he wasn't an official. He was another coach. Still, but still that, though, the point is the same. But still, though. How volatile it is, and it's even worse if you're an official. Not high school, not college, not pros, where there's hundreds and thousands and millions and billions of dollars on these games. Youth football, he killed a guy. I'm not going to want to go officiate at that point. And one of the things you've talked about is about the age of officials. Mm-hmm. You know what the average NFL official age is? I'm going to say I it's just... like 51. Ding, ding, ding. Good really? job. It's 51. That's not great. Not but to be but ageist, because I know we're going to have hor- those but it's guys. Not, but it's not horrible, though. Hammering out a T9 text that, like, you're being ageist. 
But it's not horrible because you've always made it sound like they're all 65 or 68 years old. They're closer to that than the player's age. Still the 51. Would you like to be a touch younger? Yeah, probably so. Mm-hmm. But that's not that bad. 51 is not that old. No, and they don't seem to be... As, and to me, they're not as routinely out of position as... To me, the problem with the NFL is not the enforcement. It's the rules themselves that are stupid. Rules are part of the problem. The, the, the touchback, the fumbled into the end zone. That's dumb. That's a dumb rule. Cost us an AFC Championship game appearance. Uh, also talked about how Sky Judge should be part of what the NFL mm-hmm. does. They, they kind of sort of do it, but not really. They right. have a war room. They, they need they need to have officials that are part of the crew that is a sky judge that's there in the booth at the game mm-hmm. communicating with them, just like the XFL did. Yeah. I think, I don't know not, what not the process is. Not from someplace in New York or L.A. or wherever. I don't know what the process is, <clears throat> but I think it needs to be easier to get into the league as an official. Probably so. You know, like... There are some very well-officiated college games to where those guys, for whatever reason, can't or won't get into the NFL. I think it needs to be easier. See, Robert, uh, his wine is the bane of bikers, and that's goat heads. Also dogs, too. Dogs are not fans of goat heads. Nobody should be a fan of, of goat bikers heads. Bikers or cyclists? Cyclists. Okay. He, means, he said biker, but he means a, a bicyclist. Like, shouldn't you, that's... Yeah, they're not... They're usually for motorcycle. Should they be tires, like cars and trucks on the highway? Tires are thicker. It's not usually a problem. Can be sometimes. Usually it's not. It's a bicycle issue. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, he got nailed again last week. He was riding his bicycle and goat head took him down. So I don't ride my bike? He said, uh, great non-call at the end of Chiefs-Packers game. Really? Is that a sarcastic comment? The pass interference... Probably big noted Lions, Bears, Packers fan. (laughs) That should have been called? He said, no problem here. My thing is, intended for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that's an uncatchable ball. So it's not a penalty, right? It could hit him in the face, and it's still uncatchable because he's not very good. Uh, So you got to whine. My whine about it Wednesday is no more local football coach interviews throughout the week. They are all posted to our SoundCloud, so if you want to go back and listen to the old ones, you can do that. And they'll be coming back this summer. Mm -hmm. We'll go camping this summer. Or if something breaks, something happens, you'll hear it right here on the program. A new one, you know? An exit interview with a departing one, if you will. Those those are always in the offing, potentially. Uh, From Marty, I think Jokic is so smart, he enjoys trolling the media. Reddick also noted that he thinks Jokic... Sees the court in the game better and faster than anybody else, coaches included. Yeah, there's a really good about four-minute stretch of that interview yesterday that they talked about the Joker. Couldn't just work it all in for soundcheck. But he talks about how he wants to attach electrodes to see how his brain works because he sees everything at a different speed. His court vision is, that might be the best ever. Mm-hmm. Just his ability to see the whole floor yeah. and, see it, and see it and things unfold. Uh, from Dylan, 101 about people that turn left into the shared left turn lane late when there is a ton of traffic coming and drive in the lane and try to wedge themselves in front of you. Wait until it's clear, people. One more. Going from Andy. Good morning, guys. My wine today is also a, a tip. When the stoplight turns green and it's safe to go, 
Push the gas. Idling through the intersection only slows the flow of traffic. I agree. You don't have to go zero to 100, but let's not go zero to three. Let's go. I, it's better patter. Let's get let's get at her. Let's go. Let's get through there. Again, like the gas station thing, I don't know what intersections you guys go through, but the ones I go through, light turns green, you are absolutely not safe to go. You have to wait one, two, three seconds for the big trucks to finish turning on red, or else you're going to get obliterated. Depends and on so the intersection. Depends there. on where it is. Depends on where. And you're you're right. right. There, there's been more of that lately, but there are also people that they just, it's not like they're looking to see. They're just... They, they creep up, and then mm-hmm. they kind of get into the... They start to get into the intersection. I'm one of those. They're, al- they're already into the intersection, though. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's let's go. You obviously... You've seen what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Nobody's coming. Let's go. You're right. It is intersection dependent. As long as it has a red light and a green light, this is going to happen in this town. That... But what I think Andy's talking about is mm-hmm. when you sit there and you're talking about what you're looking, and that's yeah. fine. That's what you should do because people have been running red lights, and it's it's a problem. But when you obviously take that moment or two, you mm-hmm. look, you don't see anybody, there's nobody coming, and you just kind of just kind of creep through the intersection. Why are you creeping through the intersection? I think that's what he's talking about. It's like, let's let's go. Light only lasts so long. Mm-hmm. Doesn't last forever. Also, I get the I get the initial yeah. wanting to make sure all the coast is clear. But I agree with you, Andy. Once once the coast is clear. Let's get it going here, people. I, as long as my light's green, I'm in danger of being hit from somebody running a red light in this town. And so I'm going to take my sweet-ass time. If it irritates Andy or you, whoever's behind no, but, me, you should have left earlier. No but, when, no, but when you're in the intersection, so you're, yeah. not, you're not getting what we're talking about. Okay. When you've already looked and seen, nobody's coming. You're going. You're starting to get in the intersection, and you're still, you're halfway in. You're already into the intersection. If somebody's going to run the light, you're dead anyway. Mm-hmm. You've already looked, and if they've ran it, it's so over. help matters along. So no, why no? Why are you still putting along? You've you've looked. I'm in no hurry. <laughs> but the light only lasts so long. I'd like to get. I'd like to make the light. Is that is that an unreasonable request to make? I'd like to make the light. I there's. I don't know. I think I don't think you're getting what he's talking. about. I get about. it. I just don't care that much. I, well, I understand but exactly. Andy, but it's Andy's complaint here. It's I not do. your complaint. It's his complaint. I do. I know. Okay. I was letting him have it, and I'm also okay. like, hey, you know what? It's not that big a deal. Okay. Well, but Andy, but Andy and I tend to agree with what Andy's trying to say. That yeah, there's when. Never mind. We're already we're beating this horse way too much. All right, let's go. Yeah! The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right. Uh, some great news. For the Broncos and for Garrett Bowles, congratulations to Garrett Bowles. He has been named the uh, team's 2023 nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. His charity work includes helping kids in the juvenile legal system, mentoring teenagers in Arapahoe County, and making visits to the Marvin W. Foote Youth Services Center. So the, the winner of the Walter Payton Award will be announced at the NFL Honors ahead of the Super Bowl in February in Las Vegas. And uh, he had a chance, uh, they did a little video thing uh, of him reading the letter uh, informing him that he is a nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Uh, here's Garrett Bowles talking about what that means to him. It means the world to me, um, and this letter means the world to me. But a lot of people know, like, I don't do this just to look at me or to be like me. I do this because I genuinely love and care for these kids. I know they say I help them, but they help me, and and they give me um, that fight every single day to go out there on the football field and to live my dream of playing football. I'm beyond grateful. Um, I'm beyond honored to even to be in this situation where I'm at right now. 
You know, you asked me 12 years ago where I would be. I want to tell you I'd be here. Like, I tell you I want to be here, but I, I know I want to be here. There's just so many people in my corner that has loved, has never given up on me. I know that in going back and in his mm-hmm. history a little bit, he was a high school kid, uh, had some run-ins with the law. And yeah. Nothing overly serious, but... but uh, you he's know, a kid who's been there. Yeah, he's, he's a kid that understands, a guy that understands that, mm-hmm. that his childhood, you know, that you know, involved interaction with law enforcement and found obviously a, a, a much better path, going to the University of Utah, getting his degree, uh, being picked by the Broncos. And, and, and some and then, of those kids that he helps out are helped just not because he's a Bronco, solely because, but ex- by, because he's been there. Yeah, they the know experience. that. All right, this guy was able to turn it around, and if I want to, I can as well. Right, he's a great example for yeah. them of, of what you can do with your life and, and, and turning things around. We so, give him a hard time about how he does his job at times, but the fact that he has the job in the first place, I think, gets lost in that and should be commendable. Absolutely. He's spending lots of time with, with the kids, with those those groups, as we as a referenced, and so uh, congratulations on him on getting nominated. He'll find at the NFL Honors coming up, uh, of course, uh, in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl this year. Also, uh, we, we're talking about officiating today, and uh, this came up uh, within a conversation that Jerry Jones had. Uh, he makes a, a weekly appearance on, uh, I believe it's the ticket in Dallas, and or excuse me, the fan in Dallas, excuse me, 105.3, the fan. He makes a, a weekly appearance, and the subject of officiating came up because it's been a topic lately. So... We'll, it's a little bit long here. We'll we'll listen to Jerry Jones, where he also has kind of a really interesting comparison with with baseball umpires and things like that. But but here's Jerry Jones on the fan in Dallas. I must have been in fog for the last thirty years. <laughs> but any meaningful any meaningful rule change that I've ever seen uh, in any major issue no matter defensively, offensive, passing game, running game, the owners approved it. So I didn't realize that we won't approve it <laughs> officially. And I know we're paying them, the people that are officiating. That is our money. Mm. <laughs> and you've always, uh, you, you've never had a humongous major problem with the officiating. You've always been complimentary except for your Halloween outfits. Uh, well, I recognize the challenge. No, yeah. I recognize the challenge. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you this. Uh, instant replay puts a lot of pressure on making the call on the field right, as it should be. I like it. Uh, but the officiating is a point uh, of the game. Uh, I'm reminded, and I've said it on this show several times, the two uh, baseball uh, plate umpires. And they're retired, and they're through it. Said they were just having a beer. And one of them said, "Boy, when that ball came down through there, if it got a corner, if it got a little bit of that play back front high, is in there, I called it a strike." Said I'm proud of my career. <laughs> and the other one looked over and said, "Let me tell you something. It comes down through there, and no matter where it was, if I call it a strike, it's a strike just as much as your was. It's what I called it." So you're telling so we know we we know that no we know there's judgment, and we know it can be wrong, and really uh, is wrong a lot. The idea of getting it right, uh, quote, with all that's at stake, uh, but uh, there's uh, it can be right if you all agree that we're going to go on that uh, a guy's judgment. 
Now, he may be half blind, but we've decided that we're going to go on his judgment. We both agreed to it coming in. And uh, we assume that his integrity is okay and good. So it's just a question of did he miss it or not. Okay. Once again, that's uh, from the fan in Dallas, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. First off, one time, one time he dressed as a blind referee for Halloween. That was the Halloween costume reference the guy mentioned. So I'm, I'm trying to sort through this because Jerry Jones... I don't Jones, really know what he's trying to say there. Not, not, the, not, the, not that Jerry Jones reflects every owner's point of view, but he's a very influential owner in the National Football League. Guy, Probably the most. Yeah, his, his word carries more weight than anybody else's in the league from an ownership standpoint. He's the Hall of Famer. So what I'm getting from that is, yeah, they make mistakes, but if we accept that they're going to make mistakes because we pay them... We're okay with that. And I don't know about replay. Maybe replay makes their job a little too difficult because they're, well, they have to be be right on on, on a too, too much of a frequent basis. But it's too much pressure on them to be right. I mean, that's how I'm kind of s- sorting through his comments there. And then if an official says that's what the call is, even if they're wrong, as long as we all go, well, whatever he says, then it's got to be right. Even if we know he's wrong? Yeah, I, I don't I, even know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I with you. I to that twice, and I still have no idea where Jerry Jones comes down on anything other than the fact that I disagree that replay puts more pressure on officials to get it right. I feel it makes it puts it more pressure on officials to make a call. Right, it gives them a cushion. It gives One them one way or another. Hey, let's let's get this right. Call I, it in the benefit of letting the play continue. How many times is it while well, the whistle was blown, play is over? Let it go and then come back and fix it afterwards if you can. You can't then carry on the play that you've blown dead but you can wipe away everything that happened after what you got wrong is fixed right you can when you blow the whistle it's it's over it's done yeah. there's no chance to see what that how it would have played out one thing and this is way off topic kind of i want to change the ability to now accept a penalty if the pass was incomplete you do the replay then Ask if, because if they're like, no, we're going to decline the penalty because we caught it. Well, he didn't catch it. Well, now the penalty is accepted. No, no, no. You declined the penalty. Accept the penalty. And then if it's incomplete or not, it doesn't matter. Like on a pass interference, right? Right. That one bothers me, but that's neither here nor there. I, I just think that when, when you're talking about a guy. I have no that, idea what Jerry's trying to say. <laughs> when you're talking about a guy that's as influential as Jones is in the league with his fellow owners, that. There's, I, I, I guess my over, my overriding feeling from the comments are, well, we pay them. They have, we have officials. Sometimes it's too hard for them because of replay, which you and I disagree with that vehemently. Right. That, that think it makes it easier, doesn't make it harder. It's just almost like we're just you just accept it for the way it is. It's like he goes, yeah, I get it. It's it's a tough job, and you know, there's he didn't reference gambling, but he kind of you know, kind of did, kind of did. You know, he knows what's at stake. It's a very, to me, laissez-faire kind of just, eh, it is what it is kind of thing. Isn't that kind of what you... You don't get it and you never isn't will. That, isn't that kind of the feeling? It's kind of, well, it is what it is. Kind of, I get, yeah. I, it comes, I mean, first it's like, oh, okay, he's going to fully back officials. And then he says that they get a lot of stuff wrong and they probably shouldn't. And then you're like, okay, so now he's kind of saying that we need to be... It needs to be better than what it and is. And now we're back to... It kind of <laughs> is. It's like, 
It's what? two and a half minutes of what did you just, what are you talking about? And then like with the two umpires thing where I'm trying to, so if one guy just, so what is it, their approach that if I say that it's, that's what happened? Did he even if that's wrong? a joke? Is that yeah. like a joke or is that some sort I, of fable I, anecdote? Because it was neither. And what does that mean? So if you're, if you're an umpire and you get it wrong... And just because I, even though, because I, if I say that that's the case, mm-hmm. if I say that that's a strike, and you know, just three say feet Joe off West. the plate. Don't say, oh, you know, yeah. baseball umpire. Just say Joe just West. Just say Joe we West. Know who you're talking it's about. okay. It's a strike because I called it a strike. Yeah. That's cowboy. We know that. Then just, I'm just, yeah, I'm still with you. I'm, I'm, I'm so lost. I'm confused on what he really meant. And this is the kind of stuff that, as, as influential as he is, that's not a good thing. I listened to it before the show. I listened to it when you just played it, and still. What the hell did you just say? That's what I'm trying to figure out, is what exactly is he getting at here? Because he comes, he comes down on both sides. That with everything that's at stake, they should be getting it right more often than not. And also, it's really hard. Give him a break. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how are you playing? It makes it tough on him. Like makes if, it tough. You got to be perfect. If you're not going to pick one, why wade into it in the first uh, place? Just say I don't know. You know what? I don't know. And I don't morning know. Morning zoo guy. Oh, you know Jerry. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. Of course they're they're gonna morning zoo jackals. There. They're you know they're gonna jock sniff really really hard because yeah. they want him to be on the show. Right. And we I get that to a certain degree. Oh, if, if we pay, if we have to pay somebody to come on, yeah, we're gonna be nice to him. <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> So, and Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, and very quickly, got to wrap it up here because we're running a little bit behind. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers comments about uh, the Roger or the Robert Sala stuff and mm-hmm. uh, Zach Wilson, where you had what the the guy, the New York reporter that that called Robert Sala about Zach Wilson, and you know, he caught the whole. The whole story about that and that got and it got leaked. Yeah, I, I know about that. Like somebody in the organization is doing Zach, and I'll I'll tell you this: very rarely anymore do I agree with Aaron Rodgers. One hundred percent accurate that this is bullcrap. Somebody in this organization is trying to sabotage this kid. He's doing it to himself, but also no one in the organization. There's somebody that is does not. Him. They don't like him. Right, because the way I've kind of pieced this all together is Zach Wilson was, you know, hypothetically-ish talking to teammates like, man, we got all these quarterbacks that are getting hurt and they're not going to have me back next year. What's the benefit for me to go play? Right. Try to just kind of, you know, get some veteran advice, get some teammates, friends, whatever. Now all of a sudden it's Zach Wilson doesn't want to play. Well, hold on a second. It doesn't say anywhere that Zach Wilson says, I'm scared to play. I don't want to play. It's what's the benefit for me? Yeah, Joe Benigno, mm-hmm. Benigno, excuse me, Joe Benigno, who was a one-time caller, became sports talk host, is the guy, yeah, it happens. It does. Joe from Saddle River, and apparently it wasn't a call, it was a text, and apparently plays golf with Robert Sala. At times, and and texted him about the, about Zach Wilson, and 
And so they had this this text exchange. Uh, and he said, Big Nino said, on the fan, I can tell you right now, he he don't like Zach. Super grammar there, Joe. Um, Big Nino went on to explain that he texted Sal a six-part thesis. Uh, six parts of this, mind you. On how to prove and how to improve the Jets because that's what Robert Sala needs. Yeah. Joe from Saddle River. Yeah. One time just Joe from Massapequa. Yeah, listener, now you know, talk mm-hmm. show guy on, on, on how he's supposed to fix on, on his idea to fix the Jets. Joe from West Orange. Bagnino said his the, the centerpiece of his plan though was that Wilson should be back at quarterback. He texted me back and he might get mad at me for this, but I don't care. He texted me back, this is Sala and said, Joe, about number three, which which was playing Wilson, are you kidding me? He might have been, are you serious? And so that's where some of this has come out. Yeah, I and don't th- think Joe's going to be golfing with Robert Sala anytime soon. I don't. And, and to say you don't care? So you just blew up that relationship with that guy? To for, say your- s- for your own puff machine. Look, look, I know Robert Sala. I can text him and tell him how he should fix his football team. You could have sources inside the Jets tell me, and that's it. Somebody in that organization is screwing Zach Wilson. Now, and Aaron Rodgers is right about that. He's 100% right. For once, I'll agree with Aaron Rodgers on something. Zach Wilson's screwing himself. Not helping. Also, no one else in that organization besides Aaron (laughs) Rodgers has his back, which is weird to say. We gotta be careful using that that one phrase involved in considering past things involving Zach Wilson and <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. That's a de- that's another story. Yeah. All right, uh, eight thirty four. Could but, be released by the Jets, play the Blackhawks. But any coach, number one, I I would never text a coach, regardless of of what they do, regardless of high school coach, college coach, D one to D three, NFL. Say, hey, I've got your answers. Because they're going to laugh at this. Because they should. They should laugh at you. Yeah. And this Joe B. from Saddle River guy, I guess he's a New York sports talk legend-ish guy. Mm-hmm. Um, JT the Brick, apparently. Yeah, he's, he's not Frances or Mad Dog, but he's a guy that's been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And... To, to number one, you're on there bragging about your relationship, and hey, I know so much about football. I can tell Robert Sala how he's supposed right. to fix his football team. If X coach tells me something, and I know, I know for certain that this is not public record, and I Does, use it, guess who's never talking to me? That coach, again? and he shouldn't. Exactly, and he shouldn't talk to you. If I had coaches tell me things, yeah, do I talk about 100%. them on the air? No. No, and do I finger them as the person that told me if I now, mentioned it? Now, if I'm interviewing ever. somebody and they say it in an interview mm-hmm. and you realize you're on the record because I'm yep. recording this and I'm probably, I'm that's not going to edit, I'm not going to edit this out, mm-hmm. then that's a different story. But if, if I'm talking to somebody and they say, hey, you know, got this problem with so-and-so, he's doing this and blah, blah, blah. And even, I'll even accept that as even if they don't say this is off the record, I'll, I'll still view that as uh, as off yeah. the record. I'm not going to, particularly as a high school coach, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. That's 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 a bunch of BS. All right, 836, we'll take a break, and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. 
cuckoo and loony and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking avalanche hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahey on the team. With us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. The radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahey. Connor, good morning. How are you? Hello, Connor. Hello, Jimmy. There, How are you? There we are, Connor. There we I'm are. Here. Hey, uh, I'm here. Uh, that's okay. Well, I... I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no. I'm here. Don't, don't, don't be sorry. There's no reason to be sorry. I want to <laughs> congratulate you, though. I, 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 oh. I heard about this news through the grapevine that uh, you are the, the new Del Monte green bean casserole spokesperson. Congratulations. Oh, goodness gracious. Nope, that's uh, <laughs> fake news. Fake news? Oh, I was excited. I was like, wait a minute. Hopefully I get to come over to Denver and, and maybe, maybe uh, swing by Ball Arena and, and sample uh, some delicious green bean casserole with you. But apparently well, not. Apparently that's not going to happen. Well, it was a real good chance for me to, uh, to stand up and, and uh, you know, I just don't take money for endorsements that I don't believe it. So that's like, good was, for uh, you. Good for you. A life lesson moment here for everybody. Wasn't, wasn't it like a <laughs> wasn't it like a Frasier episode where he refused to uh, to endorse some product or something? Well, right. Yeah. He, he, it was uh, it was uh, happy t- happy time tea or something like that. Yeah, it's something a, like that. Brand. And and Bulldog, you know, well, obviously him and Gil read the ad and and uh, and the station manager wanted Frasier to read it. He goes, well, that. I, I can't lie to my people. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And so he refused to do it, and so he got fired. So, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's I refused you... to be the spokesperson for green bean casserole. Well, I'm, I, your standards are impeccable, sir. They are. And the Thank fact you. that you, you learned them from Frazier from a sitcom, uh, that's, that's, that's your, you know, your, your fallback lesson. Uh, that's even, even more impressive. I did. And, uh, you know, he got his job back eventually after – a couple episodes of four stages of of, of depression, and uh, it happened eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least today there there's no depression in Avalanche country because the Avs uh, with a good win last night against Anaheim, they're a little beat up. Avs certainly have, have their injury issues right now as well. But Nathan McKinnon just going out, getting it done like Mac can do. Three point night last night. Uh, a goal, couple of assists, leading the Avalanche over Anaheim, Anaheim last night with that three-two victory, and also for Jared Bednar, uh, Connor, uh, shaking, changing some lines up a little bit last night in that game against the Ducks. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, you're missing, um, and it's not just the number of players that you're missing; it's the type of players you're missing. You know, Cogliano is um, super important, especially the penalty kill and and some you know tough fourth line minutes. Val is. Arguably your most versatile forward, uh, him and Arturi Lekkinen. And so you're missing both of them. So when they're out, you have no choice but to go to the blender and see see what works. And the coaching staff starts with with pairs that they like, and then they try and throw somebody uh, on that line that either if the pair is uh, you know a, a checking pair, you, you throw a skill guy out there. If the pair is a skill guy, you throw a guy who can forecheck and and uh, check out there. So um, they, they worked for the most part last night. Drew and McKinnon and Logan O'Connor seem to be um, a good trio, obviously. O'Connor getting a goal, McKinnon getting a goal, uh, McKinnon two assists. Um, and, 
He started his career in 2013 in his NHL debut with two assists versus the Ducks. And he gets the 500 career assists with two assists versus the Ducks. So that was a uh, that was a good night uh, last night for Nathan McKinnon, the, the game's first star. And that second period, Avalanche grabbed the lead. Uh, Alexander Georgiev played really, really well to help the Avalanche protect that lead. Yeah, absolutely. And that was something that hadn't necessarily happened uh obviously they had the lead in anaheim on saturday they had the lead in la on sunday and only came away uh with with uh, one point from from both of those games so hanging on to a lead uh, is very important uh the two goals from anaheim however uh both special teams shorthanded georgiev almost has it goes off the glove and in and then the, the five-on-three goal after the uh, Chris McDermott roughing call on top of uh, what was already going to be a penalty on Freddie Olison. So um, you don't want to give those up, but you're able to to hang on with a, a one-goal lead and then make it two and then make it three. And even though there's a late push, which you know there would be, uh, they're able to, to come away with a much-needed two points. And... Uh, you know, are are well ahead of of uh, at least four points ahead of Winnipeg, who comes in tomorrow night, and and uh, we all want to root for the Florida Panthers tonight as they host the Dallas Stars. So, um, important way to to kick off a season long five game homestand last night. Habs voice Connor McGahey with us today on the Team Sports Network. Josh Manson uh, stepping in for Kale McCarr and that uh, that top defensive pairing last night, and uh, did a nice job in there. But uh, Kale McCarr. Uh, missing once again, uh, kind of if you can give us a, an idea of what that looks like in in terms of Kale McCarr's potential return. Yeah, he did skate yesterday morning and started off not quarterbacking the power play and then stepped in to quarterback the first unit power play and seemed to be going pretty full speed. And Jared Bednar said after the game last night that that Kale was close to saying that he could go in that game, but then. Um, decided not not to. Words of Benjamin Franklin announced that prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, so I, I I would think that he would be back tomorrow versus Winnipeg. Um, and uh, Bo Byram leaving the game after the second period with an upper body injury um, last night. Jared Bednar says it's not the head, which is good, um, and that all signs were pretty decent when they left the rink last night. They'll know more this morning, but. Cagliano listed day to day. Same with Nachushkin. He was just not feeling well. Um, and so we'll see on Bo Byram. It's possible that all four of those guys will be in the lineup tomorrow to play Winnipeg. But, um, but yeah, Kale said that he was close to saying that he could go last night. Just, uh, just thought he maybe should give it an extra day or two. And in reference to when uh, Bo Byram went down, took that uh, that that hit from Max Jones. Uh, Logan O'Connor didn't like it. Logan O'Connor mm-hmm. went after Jones, and and he got to love that about Logan O'Connor. You know, goes out and scores a goal last night, and uh, you know, ready to step in for his teammate. You, you got to love that kind of passion from a guy like Logan O'Connor. Well, I remember he was the guy who fought Jordan Eberle uh, in Seattle earlier in the season after Eberle uh, put the hit on Cogliano in the playoff series last year. Um, so that was that was Logan O'Connor who who stepped up and and did that for his teammates and and he knows Bo's history and and um, and that in real time it looked like it was 
it was not a good hit. You go back and you look at the replay, it turned out that it was. But you definitely understand Logan O'Connor's reaction. And I think you like the fact that um, he was standing up for his teammate and a guy who uh, who has had a tough time with head injuries. So um, you, you love if if there was no reaction there at all, then you start to wonder about uh, the pulse of of the room. But it's definitely definitely there. I mean, McDermott. I, I know the penalty is not a good one later in the in the third period, the one that le- led to the five on three. But again. It, standing up for teammates. And I think McDermott thought that for the second game in a row, Carlson went down a little easily. Um, uh, first on Ross Colton in Anaheim, and then last night with Olison. And and I think that any time that you're standing up for teammates, uh, the coaching staff and everybody else, we'll view that as a good thing. Abs Radio Voice, Connor McGahey with us today on the Team Sports Network. And, and right now you reference the, the Avalanche with the lead in the Central Division. I uh, believe what, three over Dallas, four over Winnipeg, and Winnipeg uh, coming in tomorrow night. And considering where this team is right now, Connor, with, with all the injuries and, and Samuel Gerrard out dealing with some personal issues, all these things that we, we've referenced, plus new additions like Ryan Johansson, uh, Ross Colton, Jonathan Druin, that... For the Avalanche to have the lead in the division right now, and in a, in a really good Central Division, I think it's pretty impressive because they've they've had to deal with a lot of early season adversity with injuries and also uh, new faces taking on uh, prominent roles on this team. Yeah, and they they had a better November than than last year, um, and that's mainly thanks to to Kale McCarr, who has uh, you know twenty four po- points in the month of November. Um, Nathan McKinnon has has stepped up as well, tied for the team lead in points now with, with 34. But, um, yeah, I just think that it's always a credit to Jared Bednar's coaching staff to, to make the glue work. And, again, he's got the cup, so he doesn't need the Jack Adams. But, but I think a lot of credit goes to him and Nolan Pratt and Ray Bennett and UC Park a lot and Brett Heimlich. Uh, Toby Peterson, who's the skills coach, they work together as a group. And what they do is they're able to deliver messages specifically to each group of players, each player individually. And that's a special skill set. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for being able to do that. And 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 you're you're right, the Avalanche really haven't been um, you know clicking on all cylinders yet. So imagine what happens. When they do get going, and you hope that's in the second half of the year, and it, we talk about this over here all the time, and I'm sure you guys do. There, it's both occupants of of Ball Arena are basically it's it's not it, it, the regular season is important. Don't get anybody wrong, but you're trying to get everything dialed in for late April, early May, and hopefully into June, and so. Um, if this is the result from a team that is is not 100% on the same page yet, imagine what happens when that team does get on the same page. And that's why, to me, it's a top three team in the National Hockey League when that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. And same can be said about the Nuggets right now as well, yep. Jamal Murray uh, dealing with his injuries. Hey, Connor, always appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll, we'll grab you next week. Pleasure's mine. Thanks, fellas. Take care. Connor McGahee, voice of the Avalanche. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. Not just crap. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
The team presents The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Next hour, CSU voice Brian Roth. Rams in action tonight. Uh, 13th ranked team in the nation for Colorado State, by the way. They are nice. They are cooking. Big win over Washington this past weekend. On a what about a Wednesday with the Talon Wine? Mark's got a text. I'm going to whine about the guy in the neighborhood with the subfrequency bass in his car stereo that shakes the pictures hanging on my wall, and I can hear it louder than my TV at all hours of the night. Even worse, the sheriff's department won't do anything about it until after 11 o'clock when the county noise ordinance kicks in. I get up at 3:30 most mornings, so 11's a little late. The state ordinance kicks in around 7 o'clock, but I guess Mesa County likes the nightlife. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Got one from Kurt this morning. Frustrating when I'm in the car wash, all the bays are full, then someone finishes and they hand dry their car in the bay. I've had that before. Pull out of the bay and go dry your car. What are you doing? It's like the guy in the gas pump. If you pump it, mm-hmm. you're done. You get in the car and you sit there. What are you doing that for? Move along. And we're going to move along to hour three. Got a wine today. One about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Text or call us Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340.